You are listening to Star Wars, The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirachi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues. This is our fifth episode now and our first overall so far in the new year 2013. Um, as always, I'm your host Kyle and with me I've got my co-host Tim. How you doing Tim? Doing good. It's good to be back with another yeah. episode. Seems like it's been a while, but... Yeah, yeah, it has been a while. In fact, uh, it's been even longer for me because you were flying solo on the last episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, uh, definitely good to have you back on this one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good to be back talking more Star Wars and you know getting into some news and rumors and all that other good stuff that we get up to. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we are a podcast dedicated to uh, mostly the new movies that are coming out, Star Wars 7, 8, and 9, uh, but also just sort of other big projects and news and developments and things like that going on in the Star Wars universe. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the episode. We actually have uh, some things we're going to talk about that aren't quite Episode 7 related, just because there's still not a whole lot of news on that front. But uh, we hope you guys all had a good holiday and you're having a happy new year so far. Uh, you know, Tim, you, did you uh, get any cool Star Wars stuff for Christmas or anything like that? Yeah, for me, I actually don't uh, celebrate Christmas, so I didn't get any Star Wars items or anything, but... Spent the time off and break from uh, just catching up on like some old Clone Wars episodes that I haven't seen in a while, for, like season one and two. So this is good to catch up on those. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, actually, I've been uh, watching a few Clone Wars episodes myself lately. For Christmas, I got that uh, Darth Maul DVD that they got at Target, where it's the last four episodes of season four um, edited together into one kind of mini movie. It's like a director's cut with all yeah, four of those episodes was, on there. I was curious to see how that was how it was all edited together did it play out like just like you're watching a regular movie because i also remember too there was some supposed to be like a director's cut with added footage on there too but yeah yeah no i liked it 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 didn't have any additional footage but i was wondering if they were just going to take all four episodes and you know slap them back to back and just edit out the kind of basically the credits and the transitions in between episodes and stuff and make it look seamless but they actually did uh rearrange some of the scenes and some of the story a little bit um so it basically starts with the episode brothers and then cuts back and forth between that and the episode massacre um so you see uh asajj ventress with the night sisters on dathomir at the same time savage Press is looking for darth maul and then it goes into basically the last half of it is just bounty and then revenge but uh yeah so they you know changed some things up a little bit from the order that it aired in and i think it uh made the story flow a little bit better and made it a little bit more exciting. Oh, that's interesting. Because I know it was going to be re-edited. I just thought, like, you were just going to be, like, take away all the, like, episode titles and, like, the bumpers and all that. But if they rearrange how the sequences play out, I definitely want to check that out now to see how it flows. Right, yeah, it's, oh. it's pretty cool. I'd say it's worth giving a watch. I mean, I'm not sure how much it is at Target. Um, 
I wasn't planning to, you know, buy it for myself when it first came out, but, uh, yeah, my dad got it for me, and I was like, well, I've already got all these episodes, but I'll give the DVD a watch, and then I'm glad I got it, because you actually get to uh, see the story play out in a little bit different order, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, just wish they would have included that on the Blu-ray set, <laughs> just give you that option. Yeah, oh, that would but, be cool, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, I guess it wouldn't be a Target exclusive if that was the case. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, obviously, all those episodes are still on the DVD, and it doesn't change it a whole lot. Um, you know, like I said, it changes up the order a little bit, but it is cool to kind of get a little bit of a fresh take on it and get to watch all four of them back-to-back, kind of like a little movie. Yeah, I kind of wish that would be a standard feature for all the Blu-ray, on all the Blu-ray box sets, where for each arc, you have the option of playing it just as, like, all four episodes straight through without having, like, the credits in the opening title. Yeah, I think that would be cool. flow a lot better. yeah give it more of that thematic feel to it yeah heck i wish we could get to see more of them uh, in the theaters yeah a couple years ago during season three when they first had savage press show up in that night sisters arc and they kind of made a big event out of it and had some free screenings i got to go to one of those and that was so cool yeah same here i went to the la one i think oh, i was nice. fortunate enough because that one that's where like all the voice actors were dave filoni was there yeah got, yeah that was that's cool. me james arnold taylor which is really cool nice yeah, I mean, there were no actors or anything out here at the one in Phoenix that I went to. But then, of course, those of us who went to Celebration 6 got to see the uh, Season 5 premiere on a big screen there, and that was awesome, too. So it would be definitely nice to see some more Clone Wars on the big screen at some point. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully at least one more time before the show wraps up. Yeah, or maybe have it wrap up with another movie or something like that. So yeah, that'd be even better. Yeah, but we'll see. We can always hope. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so now that we're back from the holidays and everything, um, still not a whole lot of big news to cover. I know some of us were probably hoping that we would get a announcement of a director for Episode 7 on New Year's Eve, um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but that hasn't come yet. So, uh, Tim, you want to go ahead and cover the first little news bit that we got? Yeah, this is pretty much the first thing, but just a few days ago, actually, where we got the final part of the... George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy video series. Um, I know we were kind of hoping that for the final one, there may be a, a big announcement, like kind of like you mentioned, maybe the director announcement, but not really just kind of wrapping up everything that they discussed in the previous videos where how George Lucas is feeling about the retirement, feeling both excited and kind of like, he, he said kind of, he said he used the word scared, but not really scared, but just kind of like the unknown of what's going to happen with his life now as he's retired. Then how Kathleen Kennedy is going to go about bringing in the company now that she's in charge. I like the fact that she said she, is, she really doesn't want to change too much of how the company runs, and there's it's just been built up to this great company that she wants to keep it that way and not change too much. So it was a, I guess it was a fitting end to this five-part series, just kind of saying where they're moving on now, that now that he's retired and that she's in charge of Lucasville now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a fitting end to, uh, you know, a way to wrap up the video series. But I know, I'm not sure if you were thinking this, but I know I heard it from a few other people and I was thinking this myself. I was hoping that in this last video we'd get a director announcement because they started this video series maybe a couple months ago now. I'm not sure. I mean, basically when the announcement first came out that, you know, about the Disney deal and all that. Um, And for a while they were doing like one video a week, like the first four videos in this five part series all came out one week after another after that first big announcement. And then on the fifth week, rather than uh, releasing this video, they said, 
you know, check back on like December 31st for the final part in the series. And that made me go, ooh, you know, is there going to be some big surprise or something special that they're like making us wait for? Um, and then also, I think it was the head of Disney recently was like in an interview or something said that they should be announcing a director somewhat soon and that the announcement would be coming from Kathleen Kennedy since she's the head of Lucasfilm. So I was like, oh, maybe they're going to drop it on us in that video. But that didn't happen. Yeah, and plus uh, the Disney chairman, he's, he did say that, I think his quote was that uh, he doesn't have like an official update yet, but he says hopefully in January they'll have something to announce. Yeah. So that was kind of where we got, got us thinking, oh, December 31st, January 1st, kind of makes sense to what ties in what he was saying, but it didn't happen. But hopefully we'll get something soon this month. Yeah, hopefully so. Because, um, yeah, I mean, after the first big announcement, you know, the, the internet was buzzing for a couple of weeks, and there were smaller stories leaking out here and there, and, you know, it's died down since then, and there hasn't been a whole lot. But, um, you know, obviously Episode 7 is still coming, and once they kick into high gear on production on that there's going to be a lot more big news and announcements with directors and casting and all that kind of stuff so we'll just have to wait and see and uh take the news when they give it to us yeah pretty much and we're still kind of hearing like the same names that we've heard at the beginning some are like more director they're saying that they're not involved in it at all not the interesting thing was that i think it was a, a week ago uh, I believe it was on December 26th, 25th, sometime during Christmas, where J.J. Abrams actually mentioned that very early on in the developments and the talk, early talks they were having that they, Lucasfilm did actually talk to him about maybe the possibility of directing, but how he turned it down. I think that's probably the first official confirmation we got that he was uh, talked to about directing the Star Wars film, but right. saying that he was... Uh, doing the Star Trek film and that he was just kind of wanted to experience it as a fan is the reason why he wanted to turn it down, which I could see. Yeah, no, I can totally understand that. Um, especially as a filmmaker myself. Um, although if I had an opportunity to be a part of the next Star Wars, I don't think I could turn it down, but I definitely kind of understand that feeling of yeah, not wanting to get too heavily involved in it and, how that might kind of ruin the experience for you if it's something that you've grown up with and loved and now all of a sudden you've got to get all nitpicky and, you know, it's your job to make it and worry about all the little details yeah. rather than just sitting back and enjoying it. But um, but I wonder, too, if he did get offered this before he actually took on Star Trek, if he would have taken it <laughs> before he got involved in Star Trek at all, knowing that his he does love Star Trek or Star Wars more than he did Star Trek at the time. Yeah, maybe. But, um, I mean, another thing, too, is he said that he wasn't that big of a Star Trek fan, and he thinks that's why he was able to make such a good reboot of it, because, you know, he wasn't tied down to what he thought it should be like or what the fans thought it should be like. He just wanted to kind of put a fresh new spin on it and actually was kind of influenced by his love for Star Wars a little bit, too. I mean, it's got a the new Star Trek has a little bit more kind of action and adventure and excitement to it than... Uh, some of the other Star Trek stuff has, and uh, you know, there are some scenes that are kind of reminiscent of Star Wars too, especially that scene where they crash land on the ice planet and Captain yeah. Kirk basically gets attacked by a wampa. <laughs> yeah, the only thing he didn't have was a tauntaun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think that's the first director we've heard from who is um, kind of been like one of the big names that people have been throwing around, and a director that I know people. Uh, kind of would like to see 
reboot Star Wars because he rebooted Star Trek and he's such a big Star Wars fan and um, you know so like of all the names that have been speculated about and kind of thrown around he's one of the bigger ones and has now officially declined um, and also like you said I'm pretty sure this is the first director we've heard who officially confirmed like that he had been in talks with Lucasfilm about it yeah, and I wonder how early on that was, because he did say the early stages, but I wonder how far back that was, if it was just during the summer or the beginning of this year or maybe a year ago. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows how long yeah. this has kind of been bubbling beneath the surface. But, I mean, I you know, I do think that's kind of for the best, though. I mean, I like J.J. Abrams. I like what he did with the new Star Trek, but something else he pointed out, too, is that it would kind of be weird to have the same director, you know, taking the new Star Wars franchise and the new Star Trek franchise. Um, I mean, yeah, there's some people that feel like there's animosity between those two franchises. Yeah. And, that, you know, if you love Star Wars, you have to hate Star Trek, whatever. But even, you know, that aside, it's like, I don't know if I would want the responsibility of being in charge of, like, the two biggest sci-fi movie franchises. Yeah, but then if so, he was able to pull it off where both of them are really great he'd have a big feather in his cap then <laughs> oh yeah for sure but i think he already has a big enough feather in his cap just with the uh, good job he did with the last star trek yeah definitely but uh yeah so that's pretty much all the directing news we've heard lately um again no official word yet on who actually is directing it but we'll just wait and see um aside from that um, really the only other kind of news we've been hearing about this going on lately is, uh, the thing about the comics with Dark Horse and Marvel and how now that Disney owns Star Wars and they also own Marvel, that, uh, all the Star Wars comics, which are done by Dark Horse right now might, uh, end up being published by Marvel sometime in the near future. Yeah. I mean, there's always been speculation when the announcement was first made, but now it's kind of like the first time we're actually hearing rumors or possibilities about that actually happening once their uh, license expires for it. So I think it's by after this year, 2013, is when the Dark Horse license for Star Wars expires. Yeah, and so I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that happen just because, yeah, I mean, you know, a, a couple episodes ago we talked about the same thing with Clone Wars, how once their contract with Cartoon Network runs out, it would make sense. They would move the show over to a Disney-owned channel. Um, you know, it's Disney XD or ABC or whatever. Um, just, you know, because Disney would want to keep all that stuff under their own brand and kind of corporate umbrella, I guess, if they could. So uh, if the contract with Dark Horse is going to expire soon, it would make sense. Yeah, definitely. I think it's probably will happen, but just a matter of waiting for like an official announcement of that. So because sometimes, like, for right now, I think we're still getting some denials as far as like we're still going to be publishing Star Wars comics for a while from Dark Horse, but... Right. It just makes sense that in the future if that is going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, whether that's a good thing, bad thing, I don't know. I'm not a huge comic book fan anyways, but I mean, obviously Marvel's made a lot of popular comic books and has a big fan base, so... Um, yeah, as far as Dark Horse, Star Wars comics, a lot of them are hit and miss for me. I mean, they usually have these really cool like miniseries. They just had a cool one for the Darth Vader and the Ghost Prison a few months ago, which was really cool, and the Boba Fett... Boba Fett's dead one, which of course he wasn't, but it was a cool story. Mm -hmm. But then they put out these monthly titles like uh, Dawn of the Jedi, which I really couldn't get into. Just this 
couldn't get into the story. Just the characters were real boring to me. So it's, they do have like a hit and miss track record with the Star Wars titles that they currently have. Yeah, and that's what I've heard. I mean, I've read some of the comics, and uh, for the most part, I've enjoyed the ones that I have read, but I just haven't read a whole lot of them. Uh, pretty much, I've just read some of the Clone Wars ones, both some of the newer ones and some of the ones that came out back uh, around the time of like the Clone Wars micro series, I guess, like in between episodes two and yeah. three. Uh, kind of some of that older Clone Wars stuff. And I liked a lot of those. And then I also got into the Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I read that whole series. Um, and, you know, I like that one, but I don't really read everything that comes out. And um, sometimes when there's a new series, I'll see a review of it. And like you said, sometimes it seems like they're kind of hit and miss, or sometimes the stories just don't seem that interesting to me. So I don't know. We'll see where it goes if uh, Marvel takes over. I don't know if they're going to do anything radically different with it or just keep cranking out Star Wars stories like they've been doing. Yeah, they'll have Luke and Han Solo join the Avengers or X-Men or something. <laughs> you know, that would actually be really cool to see in some sort of, you know, non-canon, just exactly, yeah. a fan service, you know, we're going to take all your favorite Disney and Marvel and Star Wars characters and make up the most ridiculous, powerful, absurd bad guy in the universe <laughs> and have, you know, all the uh, all those heroes join up, like the Avengers and the Squad of Republic Commandos and a bunch of Jedi and Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> yeah, throwing a few Disney characters in there too while you're at it. Just one big massive crossover. Yeah, I would read that just to see how fun and ridiculous it was. Yeah, <laughs> same here. Yeah, but I mean, as far as Episode 7 and Lucasfilm and Disney and stuff, that's really all that we've been hearing lately. Um, but we did want to mention a couple other, you know, just touch on a couple other Star Wars topics since we didn't really have a whole lot of news to cover this week. And, uh, since we don't exclusively focus on episode seven here on this podcast, we do talk about some other Star Wars stuff. Uh, so just a little bit other news that came out recently is that they announced the dates and the hosts for Star Wars weekends, uh, coming up this year at Disney World. Yeah, so they announced the dates for this year's Star Wars weekend is going to be on May 17th through June 9th at Disney World in Florida. And I'm really curious to see how this one's going to be now that uh, Disney officially owns Lucasfilm now, if they're going to do anything more drastic or big events for the Star Wars weekends now, maybe having like an, any announcements held there or something. Just really curious to see how this one's going to be. I have no doubt it'll probably be the biggest uh, Star Wars weekend yet, but... Now that Disney officially owns Lucasfilm, I'm curious to see if they're going to be anything drastically different about it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, I don't think I'm going to go this year, but I have been to a couple before, and they're already pretty big. I mean, I had a ton of fun the times that I went. Um, but I don't know if Lucas or if Disney owning Lucasfilm now is going to be is going to change that a whole lot, just because. I mean, they already had that partnership doing the Star Wars weekends thing. I think if anything, we might see more Star Wars stuff going on at Disney World or Disneyland in the future, but, um, you know, maybe other stuff in addition to Star Wars weekends rather than just taking those weekends that they've already got and making them, like, even bigger because I don't think they're going to turn this into, like, Celebration Six and a Half or something like that. Yeah, but, hopefully they could bring something like that over to Disneyland because that's, like, 15 minutes away from where I live. <laughs> That'd yeah. be awesome if they did something like that. Yeah, no, that would be cool. And I could probably go a lot more often because... You know, I could make that a road trip for the week rather than having to fly all the way out to Florida because I'm just in Arizona, so that's like yeah. a six or seven hour drive from LA. 
Yeah, but, never uh, been to Summer's Weekend, maybe because of where it's at, but they seem like really fun to go to. Yeah, I know it is a lot of fun. And uh, I think they said James Arnold Taylor and Ashley Eckstein are going to be the hosts again. Um, James Arnold Taylor's been the host for... I know he did it last year. I think this is going to be his third year in a row doing it. Um, yeah, I believe because so. Because last year I went was 2010, and he wasn't at that one, but I think it was the year after that that he started doing it. And he's like the host of all the kind of the big... Uh, parades and announcements and stuff like that and then Ashley Eckstein does uh, she hosts like the Clone Wars stage show that they have where whoever the celebrity guest is there for that weekend they'll come and talk about the Clone Wars and sometimes they'll like pick kids out of the audiences to do voices and stuff like that and you know just kind of with like a fun little interview talk show kind of thing and then sometimes they'll announce a new trailer or something like that there so that's pretty cool yeah, that's usually where uh, they get the first look at the upcoming season. Yeah. Kind of the season usually ends before Star Wars weekend starts, so that's usually everyone's first look at the next season of what Clone Wars is going to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although, I mean, sometimes they'll give us like a little 30-second teaser at the end of the season finale or something, but yeah. uh, Star Wars weekends is usually the first time we get any kind of substantial trailer. And then, uh, so those guys will be there all four weekends, and then each weekend they'll have some different celebrity guests and uh you know they usually have like one or two voice actors from the clone wars and sometimes they'll have you know ray park or daniel logan or some of the other uh actors from the star wars films who tend to go around and do like the autograph signings and the conventions and stuff like that so uh yeah like i said this is pretty fun i've been there twice and had a blast both times and uh if you live in the area or you're thinking about going and want to check it out it's you know, definitely something worth going to if you're a big Star Wars fan, and especially if you're a Disney fan too. And like going, I mean, who doesn't like going to Disney World? So yeah, <laughs> it's like getting to walk around Disney World, but it's twice as good because you've got Star Wars music playing the whole time, and yeah, you, know, you got stormtroopers and Darth Vader just kind of walking around the streets. And even the parade they have at the beginning is really cool to see, and all those members like the Five Hundred First marching down there, just like in all the different costumes. It's like really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And then, uh, so lastly, um, something else not really Episode 7 related, but more kind of big upcoming Star Wars news is that The Clone Wars is about to air its 100th episode. Um, and that's, as of this recording, we're recording this on a Thursday. Today's Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're recording this on Thursday, and uh, the episode's going to be airing this Saturday, um, we're going to be seeing a clone commando in action for the first time on the show. Um, and of course, we've got our friends Mike and Matt over at Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, and uh, Tim and I both do some writing for that show as well. And we usually leave the Clone Wars discussion to those guys, but uh, figured we'd take this time just, you know, since this is such a huge milestone for the show, um, you know, Tim and I thought we'd just kind of share some of our thoughts on the show in general and uh, just kind of some things we've liked about it and what we're looking forward to the rest of the season, too. Yeah, I mean, first of all, for like the 100 episodes, it really doesn't feel like it to me. I mean, it started back in 2008 and it just zipped on by, but I think the fact that it doesn't really feel like 100 is because a lot of the stories are in three or four part arcs. Mm-hmm. And you kind of view that as one story and it doesn't quite have that feel like we've seen 100 episodes since. For me, anyway, I kind of view it as separated by each arc and each story, but it's still an amazing job they do with the 100 episodes. It's just awesome. I mean, you can tell each season how better and better the animation gets, and it's just 
just really an accomplishment for the whole team that has worked on the show. Just the quality with the writing, the voice acting, the animation, like I said, just everything just keeps seems to be improving each season. So congratulations to them on reaching 100 episodes. Really awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even when the show started, I remember George Lucas saying that like 100 episodes was their goal for yeah, how long the show was going to go. Um, and he didn't say it was going to stop after 100 episodes, but that was originally their target. Um, and I think we've known for a while now that they were going to get to 100 episodes because I think maybe like a year ago, I remember reading something about, I think one of the voice actors tweeted something saying that they had just recorded their 100th episode, and obviously they're recording and animating and writing these episodes long before we get to see them. So, uh, you know, they made it to 100 episodes, that un- that 100th episode's going to air soon, and yeah, they're already probably working on season 6 or maybe 7 right now, so who knows how much longer they're going to keep going, but... Uh, yeah, no, I've definitely enjoyed it for the hundred episodes that it's been on, or I mean, ninety-nine to this point, I guess. But, uh, like you're saying, it. I guess to me, it kind of does feel like it's been. Um, you know, it doesn't feel like oh, it doesn't seem like a hundred episodes. Like I can believe it's been a hundred, but uh, it's. I mean, like you said, it's just crazy how every season the animation gets better and the stories get cooler and the action and all that kind of stuff and. It's like it feels like we've seen a lot and seen a lot of episodes and, you know, we've been through like four and a half seasons now, but it doesn't seem like it's been that much time since the show started. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, like when I look back to when the first movie came out, or, you know, when the movie first came out uh, in the summer of like 2008 and I was 17 and I'm about to turn 22 now, it's like it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but then you think about all the episodes and all the different stories we've seen, it's like, yeah, I guess it has been on for a while. Yeah, but I know I agree the, the same way looking back. Like, really, it's been that long? <laughs> it just zipped on by, like I said. But Yeah, no, I mean, it still kind of feels like a new thing. But Yeah, exactly, like yeah. That's just because they keep the stories and the action, like, new and exciting and keep us wanting to watch. Yeah, so now that we're at the 100 episodes, did, could you narrow down for yourself if you have a favorite arc or an actual favorite episode? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I could pick just one. Mike made me do this at C6 when we were doing the 100th episode panel for Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, (laughs) which I guess that's probably a pretty cool milestone for those guys that they hit their 100th episode before the Clone Wars actually had its 100th episode. But, uh, you know, he was like, one episode. I was like, I can't pick just one. Um, But when we were there, uh, I said Carnage of Krell was my favorite. Um, from season four, the last episode of the Umbara arc. And that's definitely one of my favorites. I don't know if I can pin down an absolute favorite because I also love the Night Sisters story arc from uh, from season three. Um, particularly, I mean, the first and last episodes of that arc. I love Night Sisters because Asajj Ventress has always been one of my favorite expanded universe characters. And we get to see her uh backstory explained and we get to see her have a lightsaber fight in a space battle with anakin and obi-wan which is always awesome um and then the last episode witches of the mist where it's just asajj and dooku and savage and anakin and obi-wan and it's just lightsaber battles and carnage everywhere uh and that was really cool plus we got to see the delta squad from the republic commando uh video game in that episode yeah that was a cool surprise (laughs) yeah yeah and then uh I mean, even some of the classic ones from back in, like, season one, even though by now they're, you know, surpassing by far where they were in season one in terms of, like, the action and the animation and, like, the level of detail and all that. 
but some of the episodes like Ambush and Rookies uh, from season one are still some of my favorites. Um, you know, just like our kind of our first introduction to like Rex and the clones and Rookies where you get to see like their different personalities and see them acting on their own and uh, kind of like that brotherhood bond that they have too. Um, and then, you know, just seeing Yoda teaching the clones in Ambush was just really cool. Even though, see, that episode might be like in my top three or top five or something of all time except it's got those annoying battle droids that yeah. <laughs> used to make jokes all the time that weren't really funny and thankfully they've gotten rid of those by now too yeah but, i remember uh, for the first few episodes of the season like you mentioned i mean i really like the show if they can only just tone down those battle droids it'd be yeah. awesome and thankfully they have done that i mean season one's usually the only one where it kind of gets a little bit annoying with all their jokes but yeah yeah and i mean like you said they've toned that down by now so um, but even though that's not my favorite episode or it's not, you know, perfect or anything, I still really love that one. It's got some great scenes in it. Um, and then I really love the Death Watch stuff too. Uh, like the Mandalore yeah. plot from season two and a friend in need from season four. Um, just because I don't know, Boba Fett armor, who doesn't like it? Yeah. And black <laughs> exactly. lightsabers and jetpacks and flamethrowers and, um, yeah, all that stuff is really cool, and I can't wait to see those guys come back later in this season five. So, yeah, I yep. guess, you know, those are some of my favorites. Um, the Mortis trilogy was really good, too. Um, oh, and Citadel Rescue, that's probably one of my top three favorites. Just because that one's got everything. It's got, you know, Jedi, it's got clones, it's got space battles, it's got foreshadowing for the movies with the relationship between Anakin and Tarkin. I love seeing that. Yeah, carbon freezing which was cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah i mean those are just like my few favorite episodes that i can think of off the top of my head but you know there's been so many great episodes and so many great moments even if i don't you know entirely love a whole episode sometimes there'll just be a line or an action scene or something in there that i just love to go back and watch again but yeah uh, every episode's worth watching even like you said <laughs> it's not particularly your favorite or you don't like it. There's usually always like one cool moment at least in there, yeah. even in the worst one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what about you? You have a favorite episode or a story arc or a few favorite episodes that you want to ramble about like I did? <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, for as far as my favorite arc, I always go back and forth between um, the Umbara arc and uh, Mortis. I mean, because my favorite things about Star Wars is the Jedi and the Force, and the, I just love what they did on Mortis with that. It's bringing us this whole new element into it with the father, the son, and the daughter. And it's how they knew Anakin was the chosen one. And I think if someone if someone had a lightsaber to my head and they're going to say I had to choose a favorite episode, well, I'd probably have to go with Overlords, the first mm -hmm. one of the Mortis trilogy. Just I just love that world that they're on of Mortis. And then just the whole ending sequence with Anakin showing how he's the chosen one, where he just takes command and shows his power by taking control, control of the son and the daughter as they were holding Obi-Wan and Ahsoka captive. I just love that moment. It's, really showed how Anakin really is the chosen one. Yeah. But then with Umbara, that's one of my other favorite things with Star Wars is all the clones. And just that that whole arc with this really powerful is showing the relations that they have and then just seeing that sequence in uh, Carnage of Krell where they're under friendly fire. It just I remember seeing that for the first time. I actually like said to the TV, like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're shooting your own? It was just, uh, I want to say a cool moment, but at the same time, a uh, a sad moment for if you're a big fan of the clones because it's hard to watch that scene them shoot each other oh yeah for sure i'd say an intense moment is probably the best way to describe yeah there you go yeah i think i mean that was why 
I picked that episode as my favorite when Mike forced me to pick one because that was, of all the episodes I can remember, that was the one that made me have kind of the biggest um, emotional reaction, I guess, to watching it. Um, just because there was so much stuff that surprised me. It's like when they go to arrest Krell after that and he, you know, Rex says, you're under arrest generally, he turns around and goes, it's treason then, just like Palpatine yeah. does. <laughs> that still sends chills up my spine. Yep. And, uh, yeah, like you were saying, that scene where they were under friendly fire, I mean, they had me going with the whole thing that Krell made up where it was on Barnes disguised as clones, but yeah, like Rex and all his guys are Anakin's troops, and then we know that Obi-Wan and his guys are on the planet too. So as soon as the clones are going towards each other, and, like, the first shot where you can actually see the other clones and you see that their armor is yellow, I was like, holy crap, those aren't a Barnes, those are Obi-Wan's guys. Yeah, I had the same reaction. Like like you said, I was buying into the whole thing with Krell saying, yeah, they're going to be under, they're wearing clone armor, so watch out. But like you said, when you saw the yellow coloring on the other troops, it's like, you're like, oh, no, that's yeah. not a Barnes, like. Yeah, and even the first scene in that episode where uh, Fives and, it's Fives and Jesse, right, that are going to get executed, yeah. For disobeying Krell in the last scene and, um, you know, just how that all played out was really cool, too. Yeah, and also the fact that, too, under the friendly fire thing was that the commander for Obi-Wan's troops for that mission was a waxer and seeing him get killed. Cause we've seen oh, him gosh. A few other episodes and you see the little painting of the Twi'lek girl that he had from season one on there. It's like, yeah, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> this made the scene even more, like, emotionally powerful yeah, seeing that. wrenching Another one of my favorites, I actually just watched it not too long ago, again, was uh, the Geonosis arc from uh, Season 2. Mm-hmm. I think that was, might have been probably, for me anyway, like the first arc that was like really cool battle sequences on there pretty much throughout the whole entire arc. I mean, just landing on Point Rain is just amazing. It's pretty much watching the Battle of Geonosis again. I mean, it's almost like watching Episode 2. I mean, that in a good way because it's just such a cool, they got the action down just like the movie would. Yeah, and just no. the whole... Uh, thing going in with the Geonosids, uh, the queen in the, the zombie Geonosians. Um, I like the whole, for that episode anyway, I just like the whole banter that Obi-Wan and Anakin had throughout that episode, especially when they're, uh, Obi-Wan's talking to the queen and she wants to let them test that worm on Luminara and, he's, and him and Anakin are just going at like, are you going to save her? No, let's just wait a little minute. What do you think it's going to go to, her ears or her nose? Just that it's had really good batches of that one. Well, see, there's a line right after that where they start fighting all the Geonosians and that worm gets away and Anakin steps on it. And yeah. Like, Anakin, I was going to study that. And he's like, study the bottom of my boot. Let's go. Yeah. That's <laughs> still probably one of my favorite lines of the whole show. Yep. So but, I'd probably have to say those three arcs are my top three. But as far as what my number one is, I, I always go back and forth between Umbara and Mortis. When it, like whenever I watch, it, I go, okay, that's my favorite. Then I watch the next arc, okay, that one's my favorite. <laughs> so right, I can't really right. choose. Yeah, sometimes I'm like that too, because yeah, like I said, that's part of the reason it's hard for me to pick a favorite. So so hard for me to pick a, just one favorite episode is because you know there's so many that I like, and whichever one, kind of whichever one I'm watching at the moment, if it's a really good one, might be my favorite. Because even uh, when you were talking about the Mortis trilogy, that first episode, Overlords, that's also probably like in my top five of the whole series. That's a great one. Um, and I don't think I even mentioned the Darth Maul stuff from the end of yeah. <laughs> season four. That was awesome. Um, yeah. Especially because when they first said they were going to bring Darth Maul back, I was like, eh, really? Do we need to bring him back? I mean, we've already got Savage, who's, you know, 
kind of, I thought he was supposed to be Darth Maul's replacement. It's like, oh, well, we killed Darth Maul off, but people liked him, so here you go. Here's another Zabrak with a double-bladed lightsaber who's a Sith apprentice. I was like, okay, cool. But then they went and brought Maul back anyways, and I was like, do we really need this? But just the way that they pulled it off, and uh, especially Sam Witwer's voice work for him, too, just kind of got me on board with it. Yeah, especially in Brothers, when we just see Maul just be crazy and insane, living in that garbage dump. Yeah. I mean, the uh, acting Sam Witwer did in that episode was amazing. I mean, he deserves his, uh, maybe got an Annie Award nomination for that. I hope he wins, because he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, too. Because there are also some scenes in uh, the next episode, Revenge, where it, it's kind of like the voice work and the animation, too, like with his face and everything. You just go, wow, that could almost be Darth Maul right out of Phantom Menace. Yep, just exactly. With his shirt off and robot legs, but you know. Speaking of Darth Maul, I have to say the series has done a pretty good job overall, is bringing in characters we know from the movie into the series. I mean, I liked what they done with Boba Fett in uh, season two, and then the glimpses we got in him in season four. I'm really looking forward to see when they use him again. I think he's mentioned we're not going to see him in season five, but probably in season six. Right. And if they do want to build it up, build it up to where the last time we see him, he does get his armor in Slave One. So I think that's going to be awesome to see. Yeah. And then yeah, characters yeah. like Tarkin and Chewbacca, I thought were handled really well too. So it's yeah, another I'm props not... to them just doing a good job incorporating characters we love from the movie into the show. Yeah, and I was going to talk about that too, because um, we talked about like our favorite episodes and stuff. Do you have a favorite character from Clone Wars? Well, I have to probably say. Obi-Wan, just because he's probably my favorite Star Wars character all around, but if I have to pick a new character created for the show, I think I'm definitely going to have to go with Captain Rex. I just love what his characterization they've done with him throughout the season, just being the clone trooper who loyal to his mission, but then with Umbara just kind of questioning everything, like uh, what am I doing this for? What's this war really all about? And we also have that episode of the deserter, where he meets that clone trooper who kind of got uh, stranded on Geonosis and he just like deserted the whole republic and just living a normal life so you know something big's probably going to go down with rex when the show was all done i was thinking to myself if is he going to be involved with order 66 would he even go through with that so just really looking forward to see how his uh, character arc plays out when the series is all said and done yeah for sure no i mean that's probably one of my favorite parts of watching the clone wars is seeing these new characters like rex and ahsoka and just watching them develop those characters and then wondering where they're going to end up because obviously we kind of already know how the Clone Wars ends because we know we get to Revenge of the Sith and Order 66 and all that kind of stuff. And we know what happens to Anakin and Obi-Wan and Padme and the Jedi and all that. But we don't know what happens to these new characters that they've created. Um, so, you know, that's always fun to watch. But I'd say if I had to pick a favorite character, like a favorite new character that they've created for the show, um, I mean, Rex is awesome, love him. But I'd probably have to say Cad Bane. Um, or possibly Hondo, because I love Hondo, too. Um, just especially the humor with Hondo. And in the uh, first episode of Season 5, Revival, where he's just quipping back and forth with Darth Maul and you know, isn't afraid of him and is going to give him crap and everything. It's like, eh, I'm a pirate. I can do whatever I want. Um, so I love Hondo's character, but I'd probably have to say Cad Bane's my favorite new character just because he's such a cool and intriguing villain. Um, because, you know, he's not like a big, mean-looking, you know, tough guy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, one line that he says or just one look at his character and you know this is somebody you shouldn't mess with because he yeah. just has that confidence and that presence and that sort of, 
I don't know, aura, yeah. I guess. It, it's, you know, it's hard to describe, but it's, he's just a really cool bad guy. Yeah, and his voice, too. Corey Byrne does an awesome job doing his voice. Yeah. I, I love how it sounds. Yeah, I absolutely love the uh, the voice of Cad Bane. But, I mean, I'd say he's my favorite new character, but overall, I would probably have to say Anakin's my favorite character in the show. Um, just because, for one, I mean, I don't like to bash on the prequels and stuff, but I think it's safe to say Hayden Christensen is not the greatest actor in the world, and I personally think that Matt Lanter does a better job playing Anakin. Um, and I also just love seeing him at this point where he's not... Um, yeah, he's not Obi-Wan's Padawan anymore and, you know, whining about, like, oh, Obi-Wan doesn't trust me and the Jedi Council doesn't give me enough responsibility and stuff. And then we're not quite to Episode 3 yet where he turns evil. This is just sort of him in his prime as a powerful Jedi Knight and a hero. And, um, I don't know, I just love this version of the character and love seeing the... Uh, you know, just like I said, seeing him in action and his heroic moments, but also seeing those little touches of the dark side. Um, like when he chokes out Poggle the Lesser on, uh, in the Geonosis arc from season two. That's also probably one of my favorite episodes, Brain Invaders, just for that scene. Um, just because that totally had me floored the first time I watched it. I was like, oh my gosh, they're actually going to have Anakin Force joking somebody. Yeah, and then like, you I, had the Imperial March playing in the background, too. Yeah, yeah, and I thought we would see that at some point in the series. I didn't expect it that early, though. I was yeah. like, wow, he's already starting to turn. And then um, also in Citadel Rescue, which I mentioned is one of my favorite episodes, one of my favorite scenes from there is at the end of the mission when they get back to the Jedi Temple, and it's just a handshake between Anakin and Tarkin and you hear a subtle hint of the Imperial March because you know where those two characters are going to end up and their relationship. And, uh, yeah, I just love what they've done with the character of Anakin in this show. But, I mean, like you were saying, some of the other characters from the movies, like bringing in Tarkin and uh, some of the Jedi characters, too, that have just kind of been background characters in the movies but have gotten their own episodes, like Kit Fisto and Shock T, and, you know, it's cool to see all those guys, so... Yeah, there have definitely been some cool character moments on the show and characters that we've gotten to know more about and new characters we've been introduced to. So that's been really cool as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on Anakin. I mean, I like Hayden Christensen's performance as Anakin in the episodes two and three, but like you said, we're kind of seeing the Anakin that uh, Obi-Wan describes to Luke in New Hope. Like, he's a cunning warrior, a good friend. We're seeing more of that stuff and, like, why he is the chosen one than more than we saw in the movie. So I agree with you that this is probably the best portrayal of Anakin that we've seen. Yeah. Although, and I was saying this to you uh, before we started recording, my one kind of gripe with the show that we haven't seen yet with Anakin is that line Obi-Wan says about, he's the best star pilot in the galaxy. We haven't seen enough of that, in my opinion. Um, Especially just because they really haven't done a, really big cool space battle episode yet but hopefully that's coming in the future we yeah see we, him, we have we seen him crash a few planes or ships he, <laughs> yeah we just see him crash ships and you know avoid dying it's like <laughs> Maybe yeah that's we're why going down but I'm a good pilot, pilot so I can pull off a crash landing <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean like we were saying though it's a huge milestone for the show to reach 100 episodes and uh, from the trailers and stuff that we've seen, um, it looks like there's some really cool stuff coming up in the second half of season five, and I don't know how long they'll keep the show going. I mean, like we said, we pretty much know that they're working on a season six already, 
Um, and I would not be surprised if they end it there or if they go past season six. I think they're going to end it on seven. Um, that's just my thoughts. I mean, they haven't announced anything officially yet, but um, I hope they don't go too long just because for me, like I said, one of the cool things about watching it is wondering how they're going to wrap it up and how they're going to get closer and uh, kind of connect to and lead into Re Revenge of the Sith and finding out what happens to these characters like Rex and Ahsoka, who we, we've uh, been introduced to and who play big roles in the show, but we don't know what happens to them at the end. So I hope they don't, like, drag it out too long to the point where we're like, okay, let's just wrap it up already. Um, you know, I hope they keep it, like, fun and exciting, but then kind of lead right into that ending where we get to kind of see how it's all going to tie into how we know it already ends in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I think... For sure, because I think I've already heard reports about it that they have the ending already mapped out. They know what the story is going to be. They know how it's going to go. The only question is, like, when are we going to see that? Is it going to be season six, season seven? Yeah. I personally think it's just going to be, at the most, two more, maybe season seven. But at the same time, I wouldn't be too shocked if season six was the last one, too. I mean, I kind of wonder if they, maybe they want to lead up to the release of episode seven. So then that would have to be... a. Uh, seven seasons for its uh, lead into episode seven. So I wonder if that's going into the thought process at all is when, when to end it. Because it would, would make sense for them to end it and then lead right into the next set of movies. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I, I don't think they'll leave it running while... Like, I don't think it'll kind of bleed over into the new movies. I think they'll end it before episode seven comes out just so that we kind of get time to digest everything in the Clone Wars and that's kind of filling in gaps from the prequel trilogy and then we'll move on to episode 7 and like a new set of Star Wars stories and a new era in the Star Wars timeline yeah that makes sense too uh, just like we said just really curious to see when and how it's all going to play out <laughs> it's going to be an exciting two years now just to see how they close the chapter, one chapter of Star Wars and then about to open a new brand new one yep it'll be good and we'll be here reporting all that news for you guys and uh you know keeping an eye out for updates and all that good stuff and uh, like we were saying the 100th episode is airing this saturday uh hopefully i'll get this episode out before then i'll try to get it up friday night maybe um but yeah the 100th episode of clone wars is airing this saturday and after you watch that you can uh tune in to frontlines the clone wars podcast to hear mike and matt talk about that and uh read my recap if i get time to do it this weekend but uh yeah looking forward to more good stuff from the clone wars and more star wars movies and uh should be fun and exciting but i think that's pretty much it for this week right tim we uh don't really have anything other we don't really have any other stuff to talk about no yeah no other big news or announcements so far but i think we should be expecting more of that as the year <laughs> goes on so it should be fun and exciting 2013 in the world of Star Wars. I mean, like we mentioned before, we'll get some hopefully director casting announcement for Episode Seven, and then we got the Clone Wars still going on. And then also at the end of the year, the 3D releases for Episodes Two and Three. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think those actually were like officially confirmed since our last episode too. I forgot to mention that, but um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Episodes Two and Three in theaters again. So that'll be fun. Yeah, so 2013, it's not going to be any uh, a slowdown for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, and we should probably be hearing more about uh, Star Wars 1313 this year, too. That that's true, too, yeah. You know, maybe hear when that's coming out. Um, 
But, but yeah, it makes no, sense I, for that to come out in 2013 <laughs> to go into <laughs> title. But. Yeah, stay tuned for 1313 in 13. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, especially now that it's been a little while since the Disney Lucasfilm deal went down, too. I mean, in this next couple of years, I'm sure there'll be a lot more big news, not just about the movies, but once they actually start working together on stuff, um, I'm sure we'll start getting a lot more big announcements about maybe possible more TV shows or new video games or stuff like that. So should be lots of cool stuff on the horizon. Yep, definitely. Can't wait. <laughs> yep, me neither. But, uh, yeah, that's it for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in. And as usual, you can check us out on Facebook at, uh, you know, just look for Star Wars The Saga Continues on Facebook. You can find our Facebook page. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Um, and you can send us email, Kyle at Clone Wars Podcast.com or Tim at Clone Wars Podcast.com. And uh, until next time, just keep an eye out for stuff. We will keep you guys posted. We're posting stuff on our Twitter and Facebook page, even when we're not uh, doing episodes all the time. But as soon as we hear any big news, we will get it straight to you guys and we'll be here talking about it. So until then, may the force be with you, and we will see you guys later. See you, everyone.